0: Hello, everyone. This is Shereen Gentry with the Identity Unveiled podcast. Yes, it's been a little while since I've come to you with a podcast about life coaching or identity. And life happens, right? So we just have to be flexible with ourselves and then pick back up when there's a sense of normalcy. But I certainly did not want to let this holy week go by without sharing some of my thoughts. And interestingly enough, I was jotting down some ideas, and as I was thinking and jotting down my thoughts, this whole podcast actually took a little bit of a different direction that I wasn't expecting. So, uh, here we go. I have always been fascinated with the part of Easter where the veil in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. Now, there's all kinds of theological significance with this, but I'm going to put a little bit of a psychological and life coaching and identity twist on what I consider to be the significance of the temple veil being torn. Is there significance? Absolutely. Is there Significance between the Easter story and your identity? Well, your identity depends on what happened at Easter. And there are many reasons that I could go into this, but hang with me here as I talk about the veil and specifically uh, the veils of shame and blame. Now, for those of you who know me or know my story, you know that I come from the land of the veil. Yes, that is what is known as Iran, formally uh, formerly known at, in biblical times as the country of Persia. And so I have been drawn and fascinating, not only spiritually, but culturally, about what the veil represents. So, at Easter specifically, let's start there. What is our problem? And why is Easter significant? Well, the problem, as C.S. Lewis used to say, the problem of pain. That's the problem. And that's why Easter is so significant. Because of pain in our lives, because of pain of living in a broken world with broken people and, and things that just happen, our problem is pain. And as a result of the pain, and that can take the form of disappointments, trials, hardships, crisis, you can fill in the blank. As a result, we have a damaged identity. And the problem is we don't know who we are in Christ and how he speaks over us for our worth and our value. And then when the problem of pain enters our life, then we handle it the best way we can. And so we default to ways of coping that we actually think work for us until they don't. Now, if you've read my book, Identity Unveiled, Daughter of the King of Kings, yes, that title has a double meaning, but I go into length with my adopted family of origin and how all of us were walking in the wrong identities. Now, you can either choose a healthy way of coping with life's pain or an unhealthy way of coping uh, with life's pain, but really... Uh, those are still ineffective ways of dealing with life's disappointments in contrast as to who God says you are and the value that you have because you are a daughter or a son of His. So we have the problem of pain, but then we have the predicament, the predicament of shame and or blame. Now... If you are struggling this Easter season because you have done something legitimately wrong, you are feeling guilty. Um, You know, guilt and shame and counseling are known as the Siamese twins. Um, Guilt is because you have done something wrong. Shame is how you feel about yourself because you've done something wrong. Then you'll end up in this category of shame. Now, the category of blame is when, you know, you haven't done anything egregious, right? We're not perfect people, but, you know, on the spectrum of behaviors, you know, you're either gonna fall into getting stuck in the category of shame, because you know you've done something wrong, or you're gonna fall into the category of blame, which is where I found myself. And again, if you read my book, Um, You'll understand why I fell into this category by default. But here's the thing, in either one of those categories, with either of those veils of blame or shame, you're the victim. Um, You know, you, you can't walk in victory because to one extent or the other, you're the victim of either having done something wrong or being the recipient of having something done wrongly to you. But God wants to put the victim to death so you can live in victory. God wants to put the victim to death so you can live in victory. But in an odd way, and of course I was in my early 40s when I went through my spiritual transformation experience, if you will. I call it being born again, again. Um, I had to put the victim mentality, the victim me to death. The problem was I kept resurrecting that veil of blame because I was justified in doing so, but it kept me living as a victim. So in an odd way, And the longer you go through life, either living with shame or blame, you become very much used to it. And you just kind of go about your life, um, doing life functionally, but you're smothered in these veils of blame and shame. You've settled for less, but you've become quite used to it. This is the way it is. You actually don't even question living a life of shame or blame. You don't even realize that life can be better. So you see the veils of shame and blame can choke the life right out of you. But you're still breathing. You're still breathing in this substandard existence that you've gotten oddly comfortable with. So, if you're landing in the category of shame, you can rationalize all you want on how not to ask for someone's forgiveness. And if you've landed in the category of blame, it's a whole lot easier easier than walking through the process of forgiving. So, next comes the process. We have the pain, We have the predicament of either shame or blame, but next we have the process. You see, God knew all of this that was going to occur in your life, regardless of whichever veil is smothering you, the veil of shame or the veil of blame or maybe both, that you are going to be weighted down with these heavy, heavy veils. You see, the promise is this, the process God knew ahead of time, all you have to do is read Psalm 139 to know that nothing has caught him off guard as far as your life is concerned, but lastly, the promise. The cross means that not only your sin, but that of the sin that has been committed against you has been crucified forever. Now, you may not want to break free from the land of blame. Um, You're rationalized staying there. You've justified staying there. But know this. If you stay there, you are not living in victory that God has already given you. Why would you make the choice to live a substandard life being chained to your past instead of walking forward in life with victory as a promise. You know, if you're struggling with something that you've done, please know this, that we are told in the book of Psalm that what does God do with our sins? He casts them aside as far as the East is from the West. He he remembers them no more. You see, the problem is you. You're the one who remembers them. And if you need to make something right with the people you've wronged or offended, the first step is to, number one, confess it to God, and number two, confess it to the person or persons that you've hurt. Now, it's up to them whether or not... Um, they receive that forgiveness from you, but guess what? You have done your part, and you can walk free from that. Um, so it is with blame. I love what A.W. Tozer wrote in one of his books many, many years ago, is that he calls this the veil of the self-life, where it's just a very heavy, opaque veil that hides the face of God. And so we just perceive God to be distant and afar and really not involved in our life circumstances. Um, We've even had founding fathers of America that held this deist view. But you see, there's got to be a work of God in destructing these veils in your life before you're free. So here's a life coaching question. What area of your life have you not received victory? If you were to resurrect, if you will, this part of your life, how would your life look different? If you could tear the veils of blame and shame from top to bottom and let God do that destructing work just like he did in the the temple to tear the veil from top to bottom which allowed men access to the Most High God? What would it look like for you to stop hiding from God and allow Him to rend these veils in your life once and for all? You see, the veils of shame and blame have covered your heart and mind for far too long. But here's another interesting thing to note There are other smaller veils underneath these bigger veils. There's the veil of rationalization, the veil of anxiety, the veil of depression, the veil of doubt, the veil of insecurity, the veil of low self-esteem, the veil of low self-image, just to name a few. And wouldn't you agree with me that it's really smothering under those veils? I lived a good part of my adulthood smothered to death and not even knowing it. Um, and so the first step for me, I've done a separate podcast on this, but the first step for me was to pray a prayer that invited God to do his destructing work in my life. And how he chose to do it was not in a way I was expecting, but I wouldn't take anything for it. Um, I prayed a prayer for him to do whatever it took for my life to have impact. And that was all he needed as an invitation. So the veil is torn. This does signifi- uh, signify um, access for you directly to God. And again, I'm speaking a lot from my own life experience because I have been smothered in veils. And I'm so glad the veils are gone now. But you've probably been hiding Instead of approaching the throne in confidence and running toward God, you've probably been running in the other direction. It's time to start that unveiling process this Easter because the Lord God has so much for you and you have no idea what he's going to do with your life once you allow him to remove those veils that have covered your heart and mind. So what do you need to do? Well, number one, you need to approach God. Number two, you need to surrender everything. Everything. How you've looked at your life, how you've perceived your life, what maybe you've done wrong, maybe what you haven't done wrong but others have done to you, you need to give it all to God and lay it at the foot of the cross this Easter season. So you've walked around far too long with those veils that cover your ability to see life clearly. And boy, are they heavy. You get used to it, but they're heavy. You have no idea what it will be like to walk in freedom with a lighter load once you allow God to rend those veils in your life. Now, here's an interesting note. I did Google just for a couple of minutes about the Shador in Iran. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but this is what Google offered. That many times out in public, the women will, to this day, wear the black Shador. However, when they're inside their homes, I guess relax with family or friends, they'll wear more colorful ones. Interesting cultural concept there. But here's the spiritual point I want to make. When you walk around with veils that have covered your heart and mind to where you cannot see or perceive your life clearly, because again, like Tozer has said, that veil of self-life keeps an an opaque um, distance between you and God, just like that black Shador and the more colorful ones, You are projecting an image to the outside world that that you want them to see without them seeing what's really on the inside. God wants more from you. He wants you to live from the inside out, free of the heavy weight from any metaphorical veils that have hindered you becoming the better you. A life of freedom, a life of wholeness, a life of peace, a life of contentment. Knowing your identity isn't based on the veils of life, what has happened to you, or its consequences. Your identity is found in him alone. I do want to close with this um, poem that I wrote on page 102 of my book, Identity Unveiled, Daughter of the King of Kings, available on Amazon. But it's called The Last Word. Who am I? I am the story I tell myself when pain and disappointment have interrupted the storyline that I hope for, the story that writes itself without getting fact-checked the unexpected chapter that shatters my confidence and worth, the happily ever after page that has been drowned in tears and is no longer legible. I am my wounds. And here is where the storyline changes. His words, meaning God's words, and my words. His words and my wounds are superimposed on the cross. Consistent with God's loving nature as revealed in the Bible, I imagine him speaking to me and to you. And listen to what he says from the cross. I was convicted so you wouldn't condemn yourself. I was shunned so you wouldn't be separated from my love. I was declared guilty so sin would never define you. I was denounced, so you would walk in worth. I grieved, so you could be renewed. I became death, so you could live again. I breathed my last, so my spirit could breathe new life in you. I wore a crown of thorns, so you could hold your head high. I slumped to my death, so you could stand tall. Son or sister in Christ, because your identity as a child of God, neither the past nor the present are the ending, God is responsible for how your story ends. You are responsible for the chapters that are still being written or for the way you handle those written in your past. Do not be afraid to embrace your pain and disappointment, as doing so equips and empowers you to write a new and better life story. Hold your head high and share your personal words that others need to hear. When you unveil your true identity, you can live in the fullness and joy that come with being a daughter or son of the King of Kings. I want to end with really my life uh, verse, actually two verses, 2 Corinthians 3, verses 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces All reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Listen, my friend. We with unveiled faces, reflecting God's glory. Why is Easter significant? Because the veil was torn at Easter. Let him do his destructing work on the cross. Let him put to death everything that has occurred in your life that has kept you from living in victory. That's what Resurrection Day is all about. God bless you. Until next week, I will be talking about friendship, And thinking of how God in the form of Jesus Christ came lowly, lowly in a manger, and he died lonely on a cross. A man-made manger, a man-made cross. And I'll be talking about friendship. He was lonely, so you wouldn't have to be. Until next time... This is Shireen with the Identity Unveiled podcast. May this Easter be a life-changing Easter, Good Friday, and Resurrection Sunday for you.